Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill, the thrill is for real. Sent Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. Dumba scores! Brian Walston for the wild. Penalty shot to tie the game. He blasts it Oh, my, what a shot. Fiala, Caprizov scores! The thrill breaks the seal, and Minnesota wins in overtime. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the <laughs> podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my playoffingly attractive co-host, Zooch. And we're just going to pretend that that was a word. Zooch, how the hell are you, man? You know, a lot better than last night. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of berry to get me, uh, get my, get my spirit back up. Not a fun game. But as we discuss with our guest, which I'll tease a little bit, we discussed why the game went so bad. And we also discussed if the Wild are going to go on the penalty kill that much and not get a single kill, it's not going to be a good time for them. So right. it's not so, yeah. going too well last night. Today we're doing better. So always a new game for game two. So yeah. Okay. We uh we are recording this uh, the morning after game one, and it will be in your feeds when it gets to your feeds. But uh, we're going to actually break down the whole game and then talk about what is coming up next with our special guest, Kirsten Krull. But before that, we've got to give our stick taps and cup clinks of the week. So I'm going to go first because mine is the most topical. My stick tap this week is just simply playoff hockey. It's back and it rocks. Everybody knows that playoff hockey is the best. I have missed it so, so much. And I'm really excited that that's all we get to do now. Yeah, playoff hockey is the best. Um, Kind of a bunch of lopsided games yesterday, with the exception of L.A. and Edmonton, with uh, Edmonton. That was a crazy game. Surprise, surprise, their goaltending didn't look good again. Again, thank you, Edmonton, for trading us essentially trading us uh Wallstead. Yeah. Had your goalie of the future right there, but you need that for you got Mike Smith, baby. (laughs) I will say in uh in a little bit of defense to some of the other games last night, the uh the the Hurricanes Bruins game that I, I watched most of um was pretty close actually until the very end and then it just kind of got out of control. They the Hurricane scored two or three goals in pretty quick, uh, pretty quick order. Fair enough. I I was obviously box score watching that one. Yeah, the game was pretty tight, but one. then it 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 was pretty tight, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, just kidding. Uh, Hurricanes are going to score a million points. <laughs> um, and then yeah, obviously the the Leafs game. I didn't watch a ton of that game, but I did watch uh, early on in the game. Uh, they the Leafs run a five the the Leafs run a five minute major penalty kill, but I have accidentally called it a power kill before, and I think that's actually an accurate description of what it was because <laughs> just called the, goals points, called yeah, it a power it kill. Was, he, that was just 
it's oh, listen, I, you know, I was up until two in the morning and I was Fair probably enough. later than that. And, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a long, long day. The Leafs penalty kill was, could absolutely be described as a power kill because they had a five minute major. And I think that they actually had generated more offense than the Washington Capitol or another one, the Tampa Bay Lightning did. It was, something crazy to watch. And that was pretty much the entirety of, of what I watched in that game was just that one five minute. You know, we know with Toronto, it ain't over till it's over. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Zuch, uh, what is, uh, what's your, uh, stick tap this week? Uh, stick taps to Barstool Chicago and chief. And I guess Barstool in general, <laughs> mm. Ryan Hartman flips off, you know, Vander Kane. We raised 60,000 and I guess we didn't. But you know, yeah, we, we helped. helped. Yeah. We helped raise sixty thousand dollars for the children's hospital. So yeah, so no, I mean, between great cause, great shirt, and great work all all around. And yeah, we, I mean, between the the shirts yeah. that that we sold as part of ten k, the shirts that Barstool sh- sold, and the people that just donated <clears> to the Venmo <throat> fund. I mean, we raised a, right around a hundred thousand dollars for great. children's hospital. So that's great. That is awesome. It's it's amazing that something that you know comes off as something you don't want to do is raising so much money <laughs> you know like yeah definitely don't want to be flipping people off and whatever but hey sometimes when they're vander canes they just got it coming so exactly they've all, they've all earned it so yeah hooray <laughs> excuse me and um uh my cup point completely unrelated to any of that is uh george carlin he's back uh judd apatow is producing a documentary about george carlin and the trailer for that just dropped uh ahead of game one yesterday it's gonna come at the end of this month looks super interesting it's basically just a bunch of comedians explaining the history of george carlin and like why his whole thing is very important it's it's somebody that i've always found interesting um george carlin is even if uh you know he's clearly an asshole but he's also like very funny so uh i'm excited to see what this is going to be all about so yeah, cup clinks, uh, cup clinks to you, HBO for, uh, creating <laughs> this. Well, I I'm also off the, off the wall with this, this, uh, cup clink I have, but my cup clink is to the, uh, TikTok account, NXT AAU. <laughs> here AAU, you might think it is an actual AAU basketball team, but no, it's just a group of friends that decided to enter into a, uh, AAU basketball tournament while wearing wife beaters, Sharpie painted or Sharpie markered wife beaters and, and ones from Walmart, the, the, and one brand shoes. And, uh, they just decided to go out and have some fun. Just boys, you know, boy, dudes rock and, uh, dudes rock. They're, they're playing in a real AAU tournament, lost 94, nothing in one had to run at halftime. We're shooting, uh, step back free throws and underhanded free throws and <laughs> throw it half court threes. I mean, we just love to see it. I mean, enjoy things. You're young. Why not go out and, you know, have some fun. I, <laughs> and that's cup links to you. That that was just unreal. That was awesome. Yeah. Released like a month ago too, but it just came on my for you page this morning. And I, I got a great laugh out of that. That's There's right. no time limit on that. Yeah. On a cup clink. Cause that, no, yeah. I, just listening to you describe that earlier was very funny. And then actually watching it is it, it yeah, just, 
just listening to back free throw was yeah. was so good. <laughs> I was so like, funny. "Are you shitting me?" Like he just literally steps back at a free throw. The ref is looking at him like, "Okay, come and on, man." Involved was like, "Okay, we're just gonna." <laughs> and the comments were saying in the ninety-four to nothing game, they're like, "Ref sold." <laughs> I'm like, "What is ninety-four? One of the guys commented. I'm pretty sure it's one of the guys on the team. They're like, "Wow." 94 nothing. He goes, close games, all things or close games, all things considered. <laughs> this is awesome. This oh, is super fantastic. funny. Oh, that's very, very funny. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's terrific. And that is going to lead us into a, another terrific conversation uh where we had Kirsten Krull on. Um, so stick around, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna talk all about game one which sucked and all about games two through up to seven, which will hopefully suck quite a bit less. So we'll be right back. Our next guest is an incredibly special guest. She is a reporter for the rink live covering prospects, juniors, and your Minnesota wild. She is the premier bags versus cornhole (laughs) arguing champion of the world and is self-described as raised on Culver's Butters Burgers. Please welcome to the show, Kirsten Krill. Kirsten, how are you? I'm great, and what a way to tee it up. I loved the Culver's reference, and then obviously it's called bags, not cornhole. Who calls it cornhole? Um, no one calls it cornhole. So, yeah, that's actually the – I'm glad that you guys brought that up because it's the, the token Southerner now. Uh, live below the Mason-Dixon line for – Going on my 11th year now, and it's definitely a cornhole uh, region here. So, Oof. I'm yeah. so, so are they trans? Are they transforming you, Dev? Slowly but surely, yeah. Um, just because, yeah. When I when I say like, who wants to go play bags? Everybody thinks that I'm like literally talking about like putting a like grocery bag on your head and like breathing in or something. And they're like, oh, that doesn't <laughs> sound healthy. Well, you need to stand firm in your beliefs, so it's bags. <laughs> it's bags. bags. It, I mean, it makes also, sense. Yeah, it, I, it, it I, is I, bags, 100%. I was, I'm not going to lie, though. I kind of like Cornhole more because it's a funnier name. Bags is a more accurate name, but Cornhole is very funny, and I'm, I'm amused exiting by exiting the chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, we you uh, you came worked until two in the morning just to hop on this uh, this interview with us this morning, only to dip out in the first two minutes because I said uh, cornhole over bags. <laughs> Even Bodie, he's he's coming in now to. <laughs> oh, he's trying to protect you from bags. protect you from bags. these terrible takes. <laughs> yes, he is. He's he's coming in between. He's like, Mom, I'll hold you back. <laughs> <laughs> cornhole is a southern thing. Then I always thought that like originated had to have been in like Nebraska. You would think it sounds oh, like a Nebraska thing. It would. I mean, that's what I think. Their, their damn college team name is the Huskers for Christ's sake. Oh yeah. In, in theory, you know, depending on who you talk to, some people do consider Nebraska part of the South. What? Who are you talking? Who, to? Yeah. Who are, yeah, are, are you? Exactly are you no, there's to? people. There's people in like. Alabama and Mississippi that are like absolutely like let me be very clear this one I don't I do not but like there are absolutely people that are like oh you're from the north I'm like yeah and they're like oh it's a shame you're not from like one of the southern states like Nebraska or Oklahoma and I was it's like not southern give them a map and run away as far as you like, can it's, Nebraska it's, yeah. is absolutely not the south <laughs> yeah it's like right smack dab in the middle Oklahoma the I'll give it. I'll, I'll give Oklahoma I mean sure 
Sure, I Oklahoma, mean, I'll deal with, but Nebraska. Right, yeah, I'll like, tolerate come that. Come on, man. So, like, I wonder if I, I, maybe maybe I just misunderstood them, and they were saying it's the south of the Midwest. But I don't. <laughs> I mean, really that's kind of like, accurate. <laughs> I don't really feel like giving anybody that benefit of that doubt, especially when it's you know, like you said, not not super. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> Um, well, so, so while we're talking about things that are, uh, dumb game one sucked, um, that was really, really dumb. Uh, we did just have some breaking news come across that, uh, Jared, Jared Spurgeon's cross check of Pavel Buchnevich's ankle is going to result in a, uh, tried and true classic maximum allowable fine by the CBA of $5,000 blues fans are pissed. Wild fans all seem to kind of recognize that we dodged a bullet there. Kirsten Kroll, what are your thoughts? You know, first and foremost, I want to say, even watching last night's game, I thought it was just the entire night for Jared Spurgeon was just very uncharacteristic. I mean, you saw him getting into scruffs that he normally isn't a part of getting right up in the middle of them. And then when you saw that cross check, I mean, I'm going to be honest, during the game, I didn't notice it, but in the conclusion of the game, social media picked up on it. Everyone was kind of talking about it, posting about it, and then saying that player safety was going to be reviewing it, which honestly, as they should, it was like just a moment of frustration. Again, uncharacteristic of Jared Spurgeon. Um, not a great look, honestly. It was it no. was a cheap shot. So I, I thought we were going to be without Jared Spurgeon for at least a game or two. I did too. So the fact that he is just getting fined. That is a dodged bullet right there. It, it definitely goes in. I mean, not being suspended. Look at the player. He, he's it, it. Like you said, it's very uncharacteristic. It doesn't happen a lot. But I mean, you got to call it out. It was a dirty play. It, you don't. You don't have to do that. You could have gave him a shot in the numbers. Take the two minutes. You, you don't need to give him a shot in the ankle. That's just very weird. I did not like seeing that out of the captain, especially. Right. And, you know, maybe it's indicative of the fact that the game had gone so poorly and everybody was super frustrated. But like like you said, the as the captain, you probably well, not probably you definitely got to definitely not <laughs> got to be a little bit, you know, more on top of your emotions there, which is, is like a bummer. But at the same time, I guess, like at the end of the day, no blood, no foul, no suspension. So. I mean, and going off of that too, I know it's playoff hockey. It's game one. You're playing against a team that's had your number all season long. And you know that it's going to be a series that you're going to be battle tested. And so emotions, yeah, of course they're going to be high, but this is not a time for you to miss games for something so dumb that could be easily avoided. Like that's 100% under your control. If you're missing a game because you – did a cheap play on somebody. This is not the time in the playoffs against a team that is going to test you. Right. 100%. Yeah. It would have been a shame if you would have missed any games because the defense didn't look great last night. I mean, special teams looked awful and he's a big part of the kill. I mean, it, it, it you got to hold your head. I mean, if you're getting frustrated, put the puck in the net, that's going to do the, that's going to do the most to hurt the blues, not cross checking someone or, you know, Greenway in, in the corner, I was listening at the time. He laid a check, good check, and then after Krug gets up, he cross-checks him, blue score goal, 3 nothing. It's right. Come on. And <laughs> this, that was the dagger. You know, I, I, and that was the dagger. As soon as that happened, I was like, wow, okay. We I, were, I, right in the Wild Takes group chat. Like, yeah, I was just 
I'm like, another fucking year of this. But we're calmed down. This is a good team. They've showed all year they can come back, bounce back. And I, I don't expect anything less tomorrow at home. So so the other thing, too, that was that was I didn't really think too much about. But now after the way certain guys were were playing, I it, it has me kind of wondering. But like there's only a couple guys that are carried over from that 2017 Blues series. And like I hate to see comparisons, but, you know, you see the wild thoroughly outplay the blues in five on five only to be stoned by a goalie. That's having the time of his life. And also the wild are not capable of getting out like really, really high quality shots. They're peppering him, but they're always like nothing too crazy dangerous. They're good shots, not great shots. And I mean, I'm looking at the roster from back then and the only guys left really are Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba and Eck. And with the exception of, Eck, who I thought actually played pretty well. I was I was kind of underwhelmed by the three D guys that uh, you know had that, and it makes me wonder if like they are having like PTSD or something. I Dumba didn't look one hundred percent healthy. That I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I, I he from what I saw in the third, he did not look like himself. I don't know if that injury is just carrying over, lingering. It obviously is, in my opinion, but I'm also not in the room, so yeah. Kirsten, do you have any extra insight there? Unfortunately, I don't know anything more than you guys do. Um, (laughs) But I will say, too, just even looking at the way that they played last night, the whole team as an entire whole, you know, I I thought at parts they just looked really slow, weren't playing their full game that they normally do when they come out. So, I mean, you look at guys like Felino, Dumba, you can tell that, you know, they're playing through discomfort and that they're not a hundred percent, but it's the playoffs. You need to show up, especially again, Marcus Foligno, you've got such a huge presence on the team. Like you got to do whatever you can to be ready for game one. And I heard he was skating with a knee brace last night. So, I mean, that knee still obviously bugging him from the standpoint, as far as Foligno goes, but this point in the season too, when you've had such a rigorous regular season in 82 games, you're going to be a little beat up at this point. So mm-hmm. there's definitely probably more players than we even know of that are battling through stuff. It yeah. ain't wild. Uh, it ain't the start to wild playoff season. If there ain't a few injuries, <laughs> single time they make it to the playoffs, they are not hundred percent healthy, which I don't know if any team ever is. It's, it still just feels like it's, it's always key players. I mean, Felino. Last game of the year, some dude sticks his knee out in a dirty play and hurts him. It's like, are you kidding me? This I is- want to say on that, too, just even seeing Felino skate on Sunday, showing up at practice, even going out on ice, just testing it out, incredible. I When yeah. I saw that happen Friday night against the Avs and you saw – one of, if not the toughest guy on your team, just laying face down on the ice for almost two minutes, not being able to get up. Like that was scary. I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be season ending, like potentially surgery. I didn't want to speculate on it in the moment, but that did not look good at all. So the fact that he's even out on the ice right now is huge. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I was, I, was very surprised when I saw Russo's tweet on Sunday. It was like, oh, Felino's at practice. I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And yeah, I think it was he, very weird. He had a quote after the fact that was like something something to the effect of, you know, I woke up Saturday and it sucked and I woke up today and it felt a little better and it's the playoffs. So like, I'm just going to deal. <laughs> and then yeah. I forget who it was that said, uh, 
ahead of game one, but like, it's the crazy thing about playoffs is that, you know, everybody's going to suck it up for however long. And then either after the wild win the cup or get eliminated, we're going to find out that like eight dudes need surgery with like Mm -hmm. six month recovery times. Well, and going off of that, I was saying this last night to somebody at the game. I'm very interested when the wild season is over, which hopefully isn't for 15 more games from now. Um, 15 more wins. 15 more wins. Yes. 15 more games. I would take either or. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm curious to see when the season is over and they're having that exit meeting, what actually Marcus Foligno is battling through with that knee. Cause they're not going to say it right now. What, what's right. actually going on. So I'm curious to hear what's going to come out when all is said and done. We got, we did see Felino lose his cool late in the game last night too, where he went after Shen. I'm wondering if that was uh, I, I, I had to go back and watch. Cause like I said, I only watched a third. I was at softball for the first two periods and I was listening with my AirPod in and these guys I'm running the base and they're like, what are you listening to? <laughs> what's the score? Did, they're like, oh, shit. I'm genuinely surprised that in Minnesota, on game one of the playoffs that they didn't just cancel softball. I was yeah, sick. I, I was, I, yeah, well, and, and it, it sucked because I, I missed last week because we recorded a pod with uh, Greg, and I was like, I can't miss this week. Unfortunately, <laughs> Wednesday night, sorry, 10K boys, I am not coming. I am watching uh, 100% locked into watching the Wild. But I was going to say, I saw Shen ran Dumba in front of the net. It, it, I mean, Hard play to the net, obviously a little dirty mm-hmm. seeing it, especially because Dumba's a little, you know, injured. But I'm wondering if Felino lost his cool late in the game, seeing Shen, and he's like, you know what? I already got the two. I'm going over there, and I'm, I'm hitting him as hard as I can. And I, I don't know. I just don't like when they play that game because, as I stated earlier, I feel like when they play that game, they're not playing like themselves, and they, you know, typically come out on the losing end. So I'm hoping they go back to just outplaying them five on five and maybe not taking four or five penalties. Maybe scoring a few power play goals would be nice too. Shooting it on the net. <laughs> yeah. Anytime that uh, your power play goes 0 for 6 in a night against any opponent, you're, you're going to have opponent. a real, real tough time. And, you know, we, we've touched on it before, but the Wild really did look like the better team at 5 on 5. The problem is just like, I haven't done the math, but I would guess half. Give her like I would guess, no joke. Within like no, it would be twenty five minutes, twenty five <laughs> yeah. to to twenty five to twenty eight. They played four on four for like eight minutes too. Yeah, it was either on the power play, the power kill, or the player. You know what I mean? Power play, penalty <laughs> kill, or four on four, like some form of not five on five. Yeah, for like half, half the, game. the game at five on five, and that's your strongest attribute is five on five play. That's not a good recipe for success. And that's exactly what Everson said. So I'm hoping they get that figured out. It literally felt last night, like the wild played half of the game in the box. And it, yeah. not to mention too, in the, in the first five minutes of the game, they just could not catch a break, including oh that God. penalty shot. I mean, Mark Andre flurry. I would, Okay, I'm going to come in here quick too and say, no, I don't think last night's loss is on flurry. I don't think it was because he was in net. I, I do. I think that they start Cam Talbot for game two. Yes, I do. I think maybe just getting a reset on this entire series might be good for them, but not because game one was Flurry's fault. I think the defense played 
not great whatsoever. And that's kind of sugarcoating it. And the yeah. defense has been the weak point on this team pretty much all season, I will say. So uh, they need to play a tighter defense. They need to have protection in front of their own net. So, no, it's not on Marc-Andre Fleury, but big kudos to him on that save on that penalty shot. Just kind of a weird situation, four minutes in the game, having a penalty shot called, but a great save by Fleury too, which, you know, it didn't matter in the long run because the Wild lost 4 nothing. but that could have really changed the momentum in the game early on. Right. Yeah, he, and, and I mean, he made a big save, I believe, right before that Hartman breakaway, and that was another turning point. Hartman puts that in the net, 3-1. They get that power play with 12 minutes left, and now we're feeling a little better about it. But, of course, that power play was negated with a high-sticking ball to Kevin Fiala. But you know, there was a world last night where the Wild could have jumped back into that game, and it just yeah. wasn't to be. And some nights aren't going to be, you know, your night. Let's hope they don't let – they, let's hope they don't sulk on this loss because last year they beat Vegas game one. Everyone was feeling great. It was awesome. They get out to a one nothing lead in game two. They blow it, lose, and then they lose the next two. I mean, it, it's just, it can happen. <laughs> they, there's a world where they beat St. Louis in game two, go to St. Louis and, you know, split there, take two there. I mean, it, it's a long series. They just got to right. flush game one completely. And that's why I agree with you. They need, I think Cam Talbot needs to be in between the pipes. He has played well at home all season. And I feel like the team, when he's out there, they almost play a little better in front of him. That late late in the season with Flurry in the net, I just didn't feel like they're giving Flurry much support at all. And then when Talbot hops in there, it's like, oh wow, they're locking it down. So yeah, I don't I know. Maybe you gotta it's a little too, wake up call. For sure. Also, too, I kind of I want to say I'm almost happy that they played the way they did in game one and lost in the fashion that they did, because I hope it's almost like a punch in the gut, a reality check as you get deeper into this series. Like, okay, we can't do these things. We need to get better here. We need to play our A game, which I mean, you should know going into the playoffs, you need to be playing your best. But now, you know, emotions are kind of put a little more to the side from game one, a little more calm. You head into game two, you've got one game against the blues. You felt them out a little bit more. Now, you know what you need to adjust. You know, you're down one game. You really need to come in hot, not only game two, but you want to take that series lead game three as well. So I'm almost yeah, they happy. Absolutely that need game did. two. Absolutely need game two. In my opinion, if you end up down two over games, if they that's lose, a but... scary situation. You oh, yeah. don't want to be. It's not like it's over, but it, I will it, say to St. Louis and win two then, and that's just daunting. If if it if it does become if we do lose game two, I'm gonna spin zone it ahead and say it's gonna be like in 2014 when we started off 02. Uh, did we? Yeah, we well, did. No, we to, up well, but it was where the home team just couldn't win. We couldn't win at home. Yep, that was Colorado, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh so we started off on the road and we started off up 2-0, but uh, we couldn't win at home. So I'll just be like, oh, it's going to be like that. And then we just, all we need to do is just win one at home. And this time we'll have a couple extra chances. Um, that all being said, I completely agree with what you guys are saying because I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think Flurry played great, but I don't think he played poorly. And he is 100% not the reason that we lost, but like I, on at least two, maybe three of the goals, they, uh, they get a pretty easy shot off on flower flower saves it. And then the rebound, I'm totally blanking on his name. Dickhead David Perron is just hanging out in the slot and just buries the rebound. It was like carbon copy goals too. Every I, time. It was like seeing eye pass, rebound, goal. 
And then the the Ryan the O'Reilly so good. The, the Ryan O'Reilly goal was not the not the same, but it was similar Very style similar. where Perron actually rips it from the from the circle, right. and then Ryan O'Reilly grabs the rebound. And like, yeah, Flurry probably should have had that rebound, but like at the same time, you can't let like their best power play threat just hang out on the crease. Like yeah, maybe get a like, stick on the puck when it's sitting there. I mean, yeah. I mean just it just sitting there a uh, D-Lo on that last yeah. goal. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He hit the puck. He's yeah. like in a stick. I'm like, "Come on." And we uh, listen, I uh, all night. I've 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 been for lack of a better word, kind of a defender of Dmitry Kulikov. I feel like he's played actually pretty well this season, but holy oh. smokes was he bad last night. Terrible. Um so like that's a bummer. You, you know, do you do you think that we see Alex Goligoski slot in for Kulikov's spot? I think after the way game one went and just the lack of effort all around, I think if you're Dean Evison, you do shake up the lines just a little bit, maybe switch up some D pairings. I don't know what you have to fix here because let's let's kind of change pace here too because we're talking about who all <laughs> didn't play well. Who did play well? I mean, I like this. Yeah, let's be there wasn't there wasn't much, honestly. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be positive either, Dev. (laughs) There wasn't played well either. I I will say I thought the grief squad played very well until the last like five minutes. I can agree with that. It seemed like they were around the net a lot, a lot of changes, and and it goes to puck luck too. They couldn't find a bounce if they just get one bounce early in the game might be a different outcome. And so, I mean, you just got to keep putting pucks on net. Billy Huso is not going to steal a series from you. This is not going to be 2017 Jake Allen. I can promise you that he's not still a game, but he won't steal four. He's not going to steal four. No, he'll steal. I, and did he really steal game one? I mean, I really, I wouldn't call that stealing a game when you in four, nothing. I mean, he could have let in a couple goals and the blue still win that game with how the wild played. So stealing a game it wasn't Mark andre Fleury against the wild last season in the playoffs where he was absolutely stealing games from him left and right but i don't know i, I he's just not going to do it for a whole series you know it's not going to happen i think game two they get back to putting the puck on net and i think with the power plays issues they try they almost try to score a pretty goal every single time that first power play unit it's in and then you get the second unit out there and the second unit looks better why because they're putting the puck to the net and getting it to the zone where you score goals I mean, you're keeping it to the outside. You're passing around the perimeter. You're trying to get one-time shots. Yeah, it's, it sounds good. Goals are going to look good, but it's not going to work in the playoffs too often. You look, right. look uh, St. Louis scored their goals. Get the puck to the net. Get a shot on net. Get a rebound. That's how you. That's how you play the power play in the playoffs. You don't. You know, better play this pretty hockey. It's ugly. It's ugly to win a Stanley Cup. You got to get ugly. I'm that, waiting to see Delorean unhinged. Like he talked yep. about the yeah. last time we played the Blues. Where's that intensity? Yep. I mean, maybe you know you don't want to get, especially when you're already down. You don't want to be taking any penalties, but we need more of that emotion. And I don't want to say Marcus Foligno can't do it, but you want to be. Well, he shouldn't be fragile. because that's. I don't want to say he's fragile, but after seeing 
how he went down Friday night, I'm still just kind of like, we must protect Moose. Like we need other guys to maybe step up so that and Moose can still be out playing. So I feel like Delorier is that guy that you really need to kind of bring that emotion, kind of put guys in their place. And I mean, we all saw those clips from Beyond Our Ice that the Wild had where he was going off against the Blues players saying he had four games to, you know, go up against yeah. him. So where's that? We need that in game two. And I think that oh, that please. really that ties into our original problem of, don't spend half the fucking game on special teams because that fourth line, uh, Tyson Jost had like nine minutes of ice time. Uh, Delorier had just under eight minutes and Brandon Duhame had just under seven minutes of ice time. That's super unusual for a fourth line. That's usually getting in like the 12 to 13 of ice time. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, almost cutting that in half. It's crazy how this works, but it's all kind of tied together, you know? And so maybe, I, yeah, yeah, I agree, Dev. I think the best way to get Deloria going and, you know, have him just go out and be just his absolute mutant of a person self is to just stay out of the damn box. Yes. And I will say, too, I feel not like I'm trying to think of how to word this, but I think tomorrow night or tonight, whenever this airs, game two, the wild need to be ready. I also think. You know, kind of have to have Jared Spurgeon's back a little bit because I think the Blues players, they're going to be coming for him in game two, not happy with, you know, that cheap mm-hmm. shot. And again, not not great on Spurgeon's end, but I think now you got to be ready to kind of defend your captain, not saying what he did was right. But I think the Blues are really going to be coming for him in game two. Well, like, Bush yeah. Navis has been huge for them this year. And shout out New York for trading him for a box of Skittles and some Gatorade. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, they get rid of, like, could you imagine Bujnevis on that Rangers team right now? I mean, I know, right? understand why they got rid of him. Thanks a lot, New York. Hey, the Blues would not be on that squad, and I don't understand that trade. Looking back at it, I mean, what I mean, hell? I didn't really understand it in the moment. <laughs> no, it didn't make any sense. I saw that, and I was, at, at first – I thought it was the bandage head, and I really got upset. And then I was like, "Oh no, no, no! That's that's the other guy." But he, he was very good for New York. I'm pretty sure. I mean, 50, 60 points a year, and they just give him over to St. Louis for. I mean, I know they got a couple players, and I'm not trying to disrespect the it players. Was, uh, Sammy Blaze in a second. Yeah, I. That's actually that's actually a better trade than I thought it was. <laughs> okay, so how Sammy Blake can't be doing that great for the no, he's he. I don't think he's even playing in the. In I the, don't the think majors. he is either. <laughs> I think he's in the A. Wow. Yeah, he played. He played 14, 14 games this year. Solid trade, New York. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Pavel Buchnevich had. It's had not even like, worth saying, Dev. Oh man, oh, that's very funny. I, I just I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, "What in the world?" Because I I just thought back. I was like, "Wait, New York did give him up." New York. I hope you get bounced first round just for that. <laughs> I think they will, but whatever. You'll learn. You'll learn quickly um, that uh, we get sidetracked quite a bit. Yeah, very very all sidetracked. Good. All good. <laughs> I mean, it all ties together, though. I mean, yeah, that's that's a reason at the beginning of the season. I don't think Dev was too high on the Blues after they started out hot. I was, yeah, no, I, I was on the other side. I was like, eh, they definitely have some players on that team that could make a little bit of a run here. So yeah, um, I was wrong. I'm definitely 
definitely regretting that take now. But, um, you know. I mean, the bottom line is the Wilds have to play their game. Stay five on five. I mean, obviously penalties are going to happen. But if if they're going to take six penalties on you, can you at least score one? Probably yeah. Just one. Of the, you don't need any more. Maybe just take two or three penalties. Yeah. That, obviously, on, on, you don't want St. Louis's power play on the ice at all. I mean, they, 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 in a perfect world, you don't take any penalties. But it's on kind good. of a on kind of a, a similar note too. Please feel free to let me know how bad it actually was, like in person. But uh, on the broadcast, it sounded like fans were very unhappy with the officiating in the game overall, with like a couple of, like review suck chants, which like you know, I'm not going to sit here and call the fans trash because like we definitely don't do that here at the Wild Ticks podcast. But it's a little bit of a tough look when your power play is 0 for 6. Yeah, it's giving off grizzly vibes right there. I can confirm Wild fans were absolutely displeased with the officiating last night. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times ref you suck chance broke out, but it was multiple. It It was multiple and more than just you know a couple fans in front of me it was throughout the arena so fans were not happy last night yeah and like many you know <laughs> i actually at the very beginning of the game when it was just that like absolute chaos where the wild or the wild go on the power play then the blues go on the power play and then uh what's his face gets a penalty shot and like that all happens in the first like four and a half minutes and i remember thinking like oh this is gonna be one of those games my biggest gripe with officiating is always when it's just inconsistent. And while I didn't really agree with the calls that were on the ice, at least I thought, I thought they were at least consistent. I agree with that. I felt like as far as, you know, I, give or take, there was some calls that were like, eh, should this really have been called whatnot? But I right. think as far as the fairness of calling shots, not only on the wild, but also on the blues, Mm -hmm. normally it seems like it's pretty one-sided where, you know, officiating is calling everything on the wild, but not for the visiting team or the opponent. Whereas Mm -hmm. last night I thought it was pretty even keeled, which was, I guess, nice to see, although, you know, not everything went in our favor, but yeah. The first power play that we gave St. Louis, wasn't that like a scrum and they only took one player out of it? Was that, was that? They, there was one early, I think the one you're talking about was the second one, where a big scrum breaks out after the play, and like five or six guys like really get actively involved, and at the end of it, Wasn't at the it end Greenway of it, they called Greenway, who ended up Greenway in the box? Yes, it was Greenway. Yeah. That was the one call the whole game where I was like, oh, that one doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But other than that... Oh, Tom Reed just... did not like that. <laughs> Tom Reed was awesome last night. He was so displeased with how the Wild were playing. I have a funny Greenway story <laughs> about Tom Reed from last night. I'm oh, walking please. in the press box, and it's after the game. Pretty much everyone's cleared out, but there's still you know, some press members that are there. He walks by me, and he kind of stops, and he goes – your team, I, uh, your team lot, like whatever, just saying something, how it's my team. So I looked at him like, so it's my team when we lose and play the way he, we did. And he's like, yes, it's my team when we win. It's your team when they play like they did Oh, tonight. that's a great so fit. That's a great I, I loved it. I, it was a good laugh, a, a nice little lighthearted moment with Tom Reed. But, yeah, just great guy and great – Great little he, bit there. after after Greenway took his penalty in the second. I, I don't think I've laughed harder at a like I was listening to a hockey game and I was literally laughing out loud in my drive home. He took the he he Greenway takes a penalty. He goes, oh no, Greener's gonna go here. 
because you just can't be doing that. He's just he's just so and you don't hear that a lot with radio calls where they he he let out like he was a true hockey fan in that moment. He was just like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. He knew what was coming. They scored, and he's just sitting there, he's like, Well, I'm not gonna say I knew this was coming, but we gotta knew it was coming here. So I love Tom Reed. What a great <laughs> uh radio broadcaster he is. Okay, so we have talked a lot about what how the first game went and what we would like to see from the wild going forward. That being said, we all saw how the game, the first, first game ended. So um want to get your two thoughts. Uh, Kirsten, I actually don't know what was your prediction on the series before it started and has that changed? My prediction hasn't changed. I have said before this series even started, I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to go the full seven games. So um, I do expect the Wild to come back in game two. I know they did not play great at all game one, but I really expect them to make a big turnaround in game two. Uh, another thing I would like to say, I had a lot of Wild fans in my mentions, like also tagging like old takes exposed because I said, let's make a run for the cup, blah, 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 whatever. Just me trying to, be like let's go wild game. but also i think this is a good team they have a chance to make yeah, one and now all sure. of a sudden we lose game one and wild fans are like oh we suck we're gonna lose we're gonna get bounced right away guys calm down everyone just needs to take a breath and calm down it is game one of potentially a series that could go seven games right calm down right it's game one Last year we won game one and I'm sure everybody, Dev, I'm looking at you. He next podcast is like, we're going to sweep our way through this one. Then we're going to, it's like, it's just Minnesota fandom. When it goes bad, they want to just, I mean, in the sharks game, we went, we went down four, three and these people are tweeting at the wild account. And it, it's like, we're down seven, two. We're not in the playoffs. We've lost eight out of 10 games. And then I check notes. Oh, wow. 13, one and two in their last 16 games. I'm like, what are you guys freaking out about? Let's just yeah. all we've came back so many times this season. Oh, what do you know? They be, they win that game. And I I just don't get it. And I, I stand by what I said. This is a way. special <laughs> team this year. Whether you win the cup or not, this is a special team that does have the talent on the roster to go the distance. You have the best goaltending tandem in the entire National Hockey League. You've got freaking Kirill Kaprizov on your team. Matt Boldy, who's been phenomenal ever since he came to the show. You've got Kevin Fiala, who's been having a heck of a season. Like You have all of this talent. You have a gritty team that's you know, bend down, found ways to come out. They had, granted, I said last night, forget about the regular season. I'm being a hypocrite. Look at the regular season that they had. I know the playoffs are a different monster, but this team has the potential to be legit. That being said, in order to make the distance, my to-do list that the Wild need to do, you need to be better on the rebounds. You need to have better protection on defense, especially in front of your own net, for God's sakes. Especially when you have Kirill Kaprizov on your team, you need to find a way to get at least one puck into the net and score on the power play when you have the opportunity. Minimize the penalties and time that you do spend in the box. Like, I think if they get at least those four main things that we saw in game one a little more under control, I think it really could turn the tide here. Yes. I agree. I mean, there's nothing left to say after that. That's, I agree 100%. Wild. Uh, yeah. 
game, we're going to be fine. <laughs> if they play like they did last night, it's going to be a short series. <laughs> Let's just hope they, they turn this around. The Wild are not dead yet. And like, yeah, I know Zuch is kind of, you know, he likes to tease me for getting, you know, being a little bit of a homer sometimes. And like, yeah, it's true. hundred percent for sure. Um, and you know, I've got a, a wild take that I'll share with you guys later. That is uh, definitely a homer take, but what I, what always aggravates me and I get it to an extent because we have been hurt just as like a, as a fan base, as a society, as Minnesotans, we have been hurt. We live in a society so where we get hurt times. by our sports teams. <laughs> and we've, and, and, and for the vast majority of us, you know, I think you guys are both younger than me. And like, I was born after the last wins world series. The vast majority of us have basically very, very few positive memories of the, the core four sports teams. You know, we have that Western conference run, uh, for the wild and the wolves. We have the Minneapolis miracle and that and game 163 for the twins and like that's kind of it and like oh nine those, for the vikings yeah and like yeah i guess kind of a good season it's a good season but there wasn't like that moment you know and like oh, because it was scuffed out yeah it all just ends scumbag saints death and despair and like you know the it's it's just it's a bummer is what it is and so i understand why Minnesotan fans first reaction when something happens like game one is to be, Oh shit, this is terrible. Let's all just whine and complain and blow up and everything. But if you're just going to live your life as I'm going to be a giant, miserable dick about everything, (laughs) then like, what's the point? Don't get me wrong. I'm as competitive as anybody. And I get super, you know, wrapped up and angry and emotional and everything too, during the game. But like, Statistically speaking, you know, the, the wild are probably not going to win the cup this year, but it, God bless America. They might. And th- that's good enough for me. And I think that this team is truly good enough to do it. We've had, you know, non wild people tell us that the, the wild are a very good team. So like we can't just roll over and like fall down or just be like, Oh, well the blues beat us in one game in which, we played the worst possible game that we could have, and that. I mean, just they basically happen. scored three power play goals, did they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually, I know that time was expiring. Did they score four? Was it all four of their goals? Were they like they were all four goals were either on the power play or like within thirty seconds of. of it. One of the goals was I think when Greenway took that roughing penalty. Literally, the goal, the power play just expired. It was. No joke, one second mm-hmm. after and that last one in the third wasn't on the power play. I, it had to have been seriously right as it expired too. That one had to have been because Fiala's penalty took us to the seven thirty mark, and it was twelve thirty four when they scored. So- Offic- officially, the officially the um, power the wild yeah, they could have really been kill. four for four. Wow! I was say officially the wild penalty kill was two for four, but um, <laughs> essentially <laughs> they were zero and four. I really didn't realize that. So like, but that's my point though. You know, everything went super, super poorly. And that was your result. What the odds of that happening again, pretty low. So it should give you confidence. They scored the only goals they scored were basically when you had four guys in the defensive zone. Exactly. 
the guy jumps out the box and you score with whatever two seconds after that is still a power play just not to the you know uh kirsten crawl you have been tremendous and it has been a true delight getting to know you a little bit and having you on the show before we let you go first do you have anything to plug and then second um what is your wild take I mean, as far as plug, I don't really have much, but you can follow me on social media at Kirsten Kroll on Twitter, at Kirsten Ann Kroll on Instagram. I've got a mediocre TikTok if you want to see my dog make playoff round predictions. I will say he projected the wild to come out over the blues in round one. So we'll see if Bodie was right. Um, as far as my wild take, I don't know if you guys are ready for this one, but I don't think Victor Rask was nearly as bad as people made him out to be. And I wish this wild fan base would have given him more of a chance. I'm not saying you keep him around the entire season, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying he was not nearly as bad as fans made him out to be. We should have given him more of a chance. I stand Victor Rask. I'm kind of in the same boat. You lost me with the last sentence there. (laughs) I don't know. I've, I've been kind of saying the same thing throughout the season. I really don't think, I don't get the, Un, it's obviously because of the trade who he lost. That's why I hate him so much. But to to look at Victor Rask and act like he was an awful hockey player for this team is just kind of stupid. Sure, was he Victor was he, Rask Revenge Tour 2022 <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm hoping the best for him. I hope he goes on a just a tear. Hey, he got Kaprizov started both seasons. Both yeah. when he started slow, Victor Rask was the center that got him started. So I yeah. mean it's hard to come by a top Next year, so, like Victor Rask. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, a true one C on this team. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, actually. That's hilarious. Listen, I'll, you know, hand up. I was one of the people that when uh, when he first showed up, I was untethered and my rage knew no bounds. And, you know, I was wrong. He was a perfectly fine hockey player. And I do feel bad for how... Uh, poorly i spoke about him for a while but you know uh we've talked about this on, on this podcast several times uh we've all kind of come around on him you ha- i was i was with you and everything you said until we're standing victor rask I'm not gonna not gonna go but, that but far too little too late dev too little too late <laughs> yep. to you can't hop this on the bandwagon i am not on the bandwagon i just i apologize for being a jerk that's all this is your official apology to victor rask tag him in it at yeah. Victor Rask. I don't know if that's actually his handle, but I do believe probably like he deserves a formal apology. <laughs> yeah. V1C. I love V1C, that. V1C-T-O-R Rask. Yep. He will <laughs> number one center. Well, man. yeah. All right. I'll say it. I'll look directly into the camera. Victor Rask. I'm sorry. So see, we're all we're all about apologies. I, we needed a little more from the heart. That seemed a oh. little rehearsed. We needed okay. a little more from the heart. <clears throat> Victor Rask, listen, I was so unbelievably rude to you when I said that you look like a piece of bread stapled to hockey skates. That was mean. I shouldn't have said that. And I'm sorry. When I told anybody that would listen that your hands were clearly made out of cinder blocks, that wasn't that was uncalled for. When I said that you had bad hair, that was a lie. I was just jealous. And Victor, I am sorry. And I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me for just being a real dick to you for like two and a half years. I was mad about the Nino trade and that's not your fault. That's Paul Fenton's fault. 
and I'm sorry, and I hope you can forgive me. That was beautiful. God, this is becoming the official apology, apology. podcast <laughs> because last week we apologized to Paul Fenton, and then you just shit on him right there. Come on. <laughs> Hey, you apologize to Paul Fenton, not me. Hey, hey, man. Look <laughs> at the roster. Look I at agree the roster. Hey, everybody's allowed one bad move, you know? <laughs> hey. he, he did have more than one bad move, but he did have actually a handful of quite good moves that are on the roster right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Kirsten. It was uh, great having you on, and we hope you come back and join us again sometime uh, sometime later. Yes, of course. Thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. Cheers. Awesome. Big giant thank you to Kirsten Crawl. She is delightful. And it is great. I didn't even realize when we were talking to her, you know, ahead of scheduling this interview that she was going to be reporting from the game itself too. So like we didn't really talk about it in the thing, but like she was at the X until almost one in the morning and then drove home and she lives in Rochester. She was saying, and uh, I probably shouldn't say that. And then she drove home. So she, she didn't even get home until almost two in the morning. Um, and then she, you know, hopped on with us. And so big kudos to her because she very easily could have just been like, Hey guys, I'm beat. And we would have completely understood. And she didn't. So she is a pros pro and a rock star. So yeah. Um, there's really not much else that can be said or needs to be said. So Zooch, what's your wild take this week? Well, we are winging this wild take. It's <laughs> like a bunch of other early episodes. I don't know. I just hadn't really thought too much about the wild take this week, but I guess my wild take will be the Minnesota wild will score a goal in game. two. <laughs> I hate that. That's considered wild. Hey, it's uh, it's wild only because they got shut out game one with 37 shots and a very Jake Allen-esque performance from Billy Huso. Yeah. I mean, I it's, we're going to score a goal. In game two. No, That's for sure. Take. I mean, which actually, obviously I could put more effort into the wild take, but well, it's very simple because that's what I think the wild need to do is keep it simple tomorrow night. Play your game. Right. Keep it five on five. If you take a penalty, just – Fucking batting down the hatches, boys. What are you like? Why are they scoring at will on their power play? How are right. they bad on the penalty kill? I don't understand it, and I don't understand how it's like consistently been an issue this year. You got skilled players, you got big physical players, you got fast players. Why is it so bad? Let's get aggressive on the penalty kill. Why are we sitting back and letting them pass all the way around? I'm going on another rant here, but that now I'm thinking about it. It's just pissing me off. No. Yeah. Players. Let's get aggressive. I mean, San Jose, which is an awful team, had a very good penalty kill. Why? Because they were aggressive. They didn't wait for the pucks to get to people. They were jumping. What, one shorthanded goal this year? Pathetic. Mm -hmm. It came in the last week? Come on. It's got to be better. It's just – just. it was an embarrassing effort on the penalty kill last night, and that has got to be better, or it's good night for your Minnesota Wild this season. Yeah, 100%. Um, completely agree. I am going to take your wild take actually one step further. <laughs> and I am debating on who I specifically want to attach this take to. But I'm, you know what? I, I, I know. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready. Matt Boldy 
in game two is going to get the Minnesota Wilds first ever postseason hat trick. That's my, that's my wild take. I was a little surprised that there had never been a postseason hat trick in, uh, in wild history. But then I thought about it, and then I was like, okay, yeah, actually, kind of makes sense. Yeah, they struggle to score goals in the playoffs. So yeah. Um, just but, kind of been a thing. But um, Matt Boldy, obviously, he was kept off the score sheet, and I haven't looked at any of the, like, fancy stats or anything, but this is just off the off the eye test. I thought he actually played pretty well. I didn't think he was, like, outstanding, but I thought he played pretty well overall. And he was one of the few guys that was actually, like, consistently getting decent shots off. Uh, a lot of guys were getting bad, like okay shots off, but like Boldy was actually like driving in, driving in, crashing the net, also ripping some shots from uh, from the inside of the circle instead of the top of the circle. So yeah, I think that that's going to create enough offense that uh, he, he's going to bury one, and I wouldn't be surprised if the the Wild come back in game two and. Uh, win an equally commanding game that the blues did secondary wild take. I don't think Perron scores at all, I, <laughs> but that's just that all determine that all matter. That all, uh, that all will be determined if we uh, let them on the power play. Thing. Yeah. That that's less of, that's less of a actual prediction and more of a really bitter hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, just gotta so, stay out of the box boys. That's just, Hundred percent. I, I really do believe that. It's own game. I really do think that if the Wild can keep it five on five, or you know, stay on the stay on the power play and and figure out a way to generate some offense there, and and like you said with uh, with Kirsten, just go and don't be afraid to get the greasy goals. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to do it for us this week on the <laughs> Wild X podcast. Be on the lookout. We may be doing uh, occasional bonus episodes throughout the uh, throughout the series, throughout the playoffs. Um, not going to promise anything, but you know, just be on the lookout cause we may. So again, thank you for listening to the wild takes podcast presented by 10,000 takes. Go give us a follow on social media at wild takes 10 K make sure to follow the rest of the 10 K stuff going on as well. Go ahead and check out 10 K takes MN.com for some written stuff. If you like the show, tell your friends, if you hate the show, tell your enemies, that's a win-win for you. And remember, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. And it's very important to use the F word there because if you don't, you wind up with a super tame G-rated hashtag that is just waiting for social media to clown on you uh, the moment that you do not win. Well, so, yeah, hooray. Let's go wild. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and then they got go.